The Dr. Chris Griffin Show, Season 1, Episode 6. When you rely on incentives, you undermine virtues. Then, when you discover you need people who actually want to do the right thing, those people don't exist because you've crushed anyone's desire to do the right thing with all of these incentives. Now, who said that? Welcome to the Dr. Chris Griffin Show, your resource for leveraging systems and technology to ease your workload, increase productivity, and provide you with the time off you deserve to live the life of your dreams. It's time to practice productivity and the passionate pursuit of a better life with your host, Dr. Chris Griffin. The doctor is in. Okay, I bet I got a few of you on that one. That was uh, That's a little bit of a tricky one. I didn't go into the distant past the way we go a lot of times when we do these things, but I did actually pull this off a pretty recent uh, TED Talk that I thought was pretty awesome. I'll be telling you about that too. So let's tell, let me tell you a little bit about the author of the quote. It's Dr. Barry Schwartz. Now, Dr. Schwartz is a professor of psychology at Swarthmore College, and um, he is also a, uh, I found out after I Googled him, a frequent New York Times editorial author, And uh, but the TED Talk that I saw that I was so impressed by, and it makes so much sense for so many things, and the book he wrote along with that TED Talk, uh, the TED Talk and the book, they're called The Paradox of Choice, and this is from about 10 years ago, but uh, and it's a little crazy when you watch it i mean he's on stage but he's in these shorts and you know but he's he's a super smart guy you can tell and uh and he's got so much to say and so many things he says really apply to a dental office it's really amazing uh so uh, yeah dr schwartz gave that quote and not only besides that uh he gave another quote that i think is very applicable to what we're talking about today and that quote is too little attention is paid to the dark side of incentives they are anything but a magic bullet. Psychologists have known this for years. And I'm sad to say that I didn't necessarily learn that as quickly as I should have in dental practice. Uh, but we're going to go through that today. And we're going to talk about bonuses. The title of today's episode, episode 6, is Dental Bonus Horror Stories. Uh, I was thinking about using a like a Vincent Price voice if I could conjure one to say that, but I, I guess I couldn't really come up with a good person that I thought I could imitate, so we're just going to use my regular voice. But there are some horror stories out there. And today you're going to learn the upside and the horrible downside to some of the most common dental staff bonuses around. And they all have ups and downs. Uh, you will know the potential good you can do for your practice, and you're going to learn the potential destruction that can happen if you're not careful. Uh, after today, though, you're going to be able to move forward with a bonus structure that you think will give you the highest risk reward for your practice if, in fact, you do choose to move forward with a bonus structure at all. And I certainly have done and seen almost everything there is out there to do or see in this area. So I feel like I've got a little bit of something to say to you that's going to help you. Um, now, when we talk about dental staff bonuses, I guess most everything that we're going to talk about comes from the world of 
pay for performance uh, because I guess that's a that's a concept that goes back to maybe even the industrial age or for sure as we're coming out of the industrial age and we start to get into more of a corporate structure businesses and commerce in general they've they've made this assumption that people really care about money more than anything else and don't we make that assumption a lot in our own practices I know I certainly make that assumption way more than I should I mean of course I know that I make that assumption so I'm constantly trying not to make it and we've all got stories about the little old lady that you know waddles in and and wants to spend 10 grand and you know you hate to even present her the treatment and she whips out her coin purse and pulls out silver and gold nuggets I mean I'm just using hyperbole here but you know we all know about that and I mean everyone's got them I've got the person on Medicaid who paid me six grand for a bridge several years ago that that changed my mind on the whole concept but I think that most of the concepts in our industry came from these theories that workers and in our case dental team staff members uh, want money and they want money worse than they want anything else in their life you know that's just the concept and I mean I don't know I'm sure those people are out there but I don't I just you know as time has gone by I've seen that that's just not the case that it's it's just not homogenous at least so however I have also learned that there are seasons of your practice and times in your practice when bonuses are very valuable and it would in fact be foolish not to use a bonus in your practice so we're going to talk about how when you decide to cross that bridge and offer your staff a bonus you do need to have a healthy fear of that situation because you know it can really do more destruction than you can realize and a lot of people have really wrecked a pretty good dynamic in their practice because they didn't pay enough attention to this however every bonus system of any kind does have a purpose and there is a season I'm sure there's a song out there for that that I'm not also gonna try to sing for you but every bonus has a purpose it has a season um, as long as you as the doctor understand the positives and there can be positives there can be really really good positives and you understand the negatives and there can be really really bad negatives that every bonus exacts on your practice there is a toll to be paid right there's a toll there is a price and there can be a great reward so let's dive right in right um, the first thing I would like to dispel if you ever go to a practice management seminar and you hear the person on the stage talking about how this particular dental bonus is the bonus that everyone should be using I would probably cut my losses pack up my things quietly as to not be impolite because I don't like to be impolite and I would ease out the back door and I would not listen to anything else that person had to say because that person is an idiot okay it's just not out there there is no bonus that fits everybody and if someone tells you that they will lie to you about other stuff too that's a fact I'm just telling you I've been around the game long enough now I'm in my 20th year seeing patients I've been a C junkie my whole life they're lying okay sorry they're lying uh, now on the flip side there's a lot of people out there that will 
give you a multiple, just a ton of different options for bonuses. And they're not liars, but they're confusing. And so what happens a lot of times is you hear them and you think, well, I can't do that. I mean, that's too confusing. I don't know how to make that decision. They're giving me too many options. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the paradox of choice, just like Dr. Schwartz said, and I'm not going to do anything. And so... Uh, and then you think, well, gosh, I'm fine. You know, doing something's better than doing nothing. So I'll try this really simple bonus, uh, and it's just not going to work for you. It's going to work for a while, possibly, and it might. Some of these, I mean, they work for a while. And let me just tell you, me, let me just be the the mean bad guy that opens up this this vault of uh, dental practice management and uh, it opens myself up, I'm sure, to a lot of criticism by saying this. But these simple bonuses are designed to get you a what's called in the industry a quick win okay because we all know dental practice management coaches and consultants that if we can get you a quick win then you're going to think that we're smart enough to listen to us about other stuff too and a lot of times first impressions being what they are if we can get you that quick win no matter how it might hurt you later you know, you are going to stick with us a certain amount of time. And I'm sad to say that some consultants out there are really only interested in tracking how long you stay with them. And then once you wise up and leave or start questioning them, then they're more than happy to broom you on to the next consultant that that uh, you might find and, and just try to get, in their mind, a new patient, if you will, a new uh, client. But there is no one-size-fits-all bonus system. Now, as we're breaking this down, let's look at two ways that a bonus system might work, okay? There are two things that people want in life, money being one and some form of rewards or recognition being the other, okay? Um, I will tell you that if you could find a group of people who could be solely, mo solely motivated by wanting to do the right thing, and being recognized for that and creating significance in the universe or the uh, the practice or whatever i mean you've got it absolutely made absolutely made it doesn't happen much though uh, it's pretty rare and the trick is figuring out which employees are those kind of people who can be motivated by those good things and uh, are not so money motivated and also, if they say they're money motivated, maybe it's just because they haven't been educated as to what else is out there, and they just don't know what else to say, right? They may have heard somebody else say that, and they thought, oh, that person's pretty smart. I'm going to I'm gonna try to be money motivated, too, and maybe that'll get me where I'm wanting to go, but it just rarely ever does. Uh, and you've got to understand the motivation of your team members. It's always going to be different. It just is. Um, and so... That's kind of, unfortunately, Doc, that's your job to ferret this out. I don't know that you can put this off on an office manager or someone else in your practice because ultimately if it's your butt on the line and you're the person that signs the checks, you kind of are responsible to pick the team and to, and to incentivize the team the way you want the team to develop. It's just I've had to rebuild a team, you know, over the last few years and I'm so thankful that we did it this way this time because the last time I did it the wrong way and I can share so much about what I did wrong. Now, if you ever think I'm telling you a few things that are right, that is wonderful. 
but the way I view this show and a lot of things I do and teach, let me at least help you guys learn what not to do, okay? I may not be the guy that's the genius that has all the answers, but I've got a lot of answers to things that don't work, okay? At least please notch those things off your mind. Don't do them, and at least you won't make those mistakes, right? So uh, I've at least increased your percentage chance probability to make a good decision that really does a good job for you if you can at least do that much, okay? Now, so you got the money bonuses out here, and then there's other things you can do to create incentives that are more rewards-based or recognition-based. Um, gosh, another book I'm going to recommend here just off the, off the cuff is uh, The Rockefeller Habits uh, by Vern Harnish, and I'll try to get a link in the show notes to that too. I mean, uh, I keep giving you guys books to read, right? I'm so sorry. I, you know, I know that you guys are busy. It's a, it's a great book too, though. But it, it really delves into things you can do besides, um, besides monetary recognitions. And I've, I use that book so much when I'm designing my goal setting and my yearly planning and my, my incentive-based stuff like that. I, I use that all the time. Um, and one thing you can look to and i talked about this way back in episode two of season one and we'll link that in the show notes too but i talked about these team adventures you can create so you got the whole team pulling together and they're they're you know they're on this same page looking at this goal and when they get there you, you reward them you can reward them by like sending everyone on a sea trip you know to well gosh we talked about we sent people to new york we sent people to the caribbean uh, and you don't have to get fancy like that. You can send people to uh, a lot of other places besides that. So uh, it can be just down the street. Hey, a, a good friend of mine every year, if they hit a certain particular goal, he sends them in a limo to uh, Nashville, send them to the mall, and they and they do stuff like that. So I mean, there's a lot. You go back and listen to episode two again, or you know, read the transcripts or whatever, and you'll get some of the ideas. I went into a lot of detail on the different things we've done in my practice and that I've seen other doctors do very successfully, okay? So there's a lot lot of things you can do in the bonus incentive world, right? But um, let's now let's get into more of the monetary stuff, um, maybe a little bit of the, the reward thrown in. But let's talk about the big ones that I've seen. And let's talk about some horror stories, too. Uh, and I may or may not withhold names to protect the innocent, but I, uh, you know, because I don't know exactly, I don't know exactly where we're going with this. Uh, but I feel like if I tell you these stories that really happen, it's going to help you. So I may have to get kind of specific. So the first kind of bonus, let me talk about myself first, right? So the first kind of bonus that I know that is an absolute disaster if you do it wrong is an hourly pay incentive okay hourly pay incentive uh, and by the way if i didn't mention it earlier all of these money type bonuses should really fall under the header of pay for performance pay for performance is a concept like we said that came out of the industrial age probably but it got really popular in the healthcare slash medical world a few years ago but the studies, they're coming back really negative on how this is affecting the medical world. And you have hospitals that base, you know, hirings and firings on these metrics of 
of performance and you got paid on how well you performed and there's just a lot of things in medicine you cannot measure and that also the metrics put a huge burden on these teams in these hospitals to just do the metrics and just do the do the work the the pencil work instead of treating the patients and and so these hospitals have had mega failures recently uh, if that tells you anything so if i'm hoping we can once again learn from the badness in the medical world to help ourselves in the other you know the dental world and if you're listening to this and you're a chiropractor optometrist whatever just all these worlds maybe we can learn from our brethren in the medical fields that just seem to get hammered first on everything don't they i mean i feel so sorry for those guys most of the time but the hourly pay incentives okay now let me explain kind of how this works if you have a team of five people or whatever, you create the amount of money that you feel like the practice has to produce or collect or both to set a baseline so everyone is kind of getting a baseline of pay. And you give everybody just a baseline hourly pay. Uh, I did this myself starting in 2005. And, uh, and so you'd set this and as you and so they got this base and as you grow you increase their hourly pay from their base number let's say from eight dollars and you increase it by some amount of cents hourly as they as your production or collection grows and so in my practice we started this bonus when we were collecting fifty thousand dollars per month back in 2005 so I ran into a person that taught me this kind of bonus about the same time that I was coming out of my flirtation with the cosmetic world where I was trying to be this amazing cosmetic slash whatever type dentist, right? Just the best cosmetic dentist in the world. We all know that didn't work. I was an idiot for thinking I could do that. I know now, but I did it. So I was doing about 50000 a month, and we set everybody's base pay accordingly. All right, I had a small team, about five people. And we started growing because not only did we change our bonus structure, but I had also set things in move in motion where we we changed our style of practice. And that's when we went to a more of a more of a high productivity, high volume style practice, a la Vince Monticello, like we talked about last last week. Um, and so there were a lot of things going on. Not only did I change the style of practice, I was really into the practice. I was really motivated. I was hard charging. I was trying everything I could try to get better and do better. I was pulling the staff with me. They were doing more than they'd ever done before. And our practice quickly grew from 50000 a month to 75000 a month to $100,000 a month. To $125,000 a month, to $150,000 a month. And those people who had been making, let's say I set their base at $10 an hour at $50,000 a month, well, they're making $25 and $30 an hour, right? I don't care who you are. You can't earn $30 an hour in Ripley, Mississippi doing the same job you were doing when you were making $10 an hour. There's, I'm all for rewarding team members as your practice grows. There's nothing wrong with that. That is great. You should be doing that. But you can't triple their salaries. Not, they, they can't be a 
triply effective. They can't be. It's impossible. They can't be doubly effective. If they could be doubly effective, you should fire them for doing a terrible job when they were making $10 an hour. Okay? That was so stupid. And now you got all these high-paid people. Well, guess what? When you hire somebody else to help your practice because you went from 50000 a month to 150000 a month, no longer. I mean, you you got to have more people. Those high-paid people can't see that many more patients. Just because you're making three times the money, you can't see three times the patients. You can't make temporaries in three rooms at a time. It is impossible, guys. You cannot do it, okay? So I screwed up. And so you got these high-paid people. Now, they're happy being high-paid. They're trying to help you come up with ideas so they can keep being high-paid. You're fighting a losing battle, and I fought that battle for years. And I thought I could outrun those numbers and outproduce them, and I just could not do it. I could not do it because my staff overhead percentage went from 20% to 22 to 24 to 25, 28. It got up to 33% at the peak, I think, maybe 35% before I pulled it back. But, you know, and I'll be honest, I had relationships with those people that were getting paid a lot of money. I really liked them. I, I, I thought they were doing a tremendous job. They're just making so darn much money, it was unbelievable. So truth be known, th- something had to give. And, 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 you know, maybe the good Lord, knowing what he knows, knowing that I just probably was never going to have the heart to to fire somebody or let them go because they were making too much money. And, you know, if you try to cut their salary, of course, it just hurts morale and the whole office and stuff like that. That fire that destroyed my practice, uh, one of the blessings that came out of that would have to be that it trimmed my staff down and I had just an absolute reason to trim it down. And, uh, you know, it just it just helped. And because now, as we're building back now, I am not burdened with those high salaries and that has helped us grow so much better, so much better. And um, so anyway, that's the problem with that hourly incentive bonus because you have the early people that were there in the beginning and they do a lot of the work to help to get the practice up to where you want it to go. But then by golly, everybody's making two and three times what they should be making in the end. And even though they're good employees, they're not two and two and two and a half and three times salary good employees, if you know what I mean, right? So please don't do that if you can help it. Now, it's really good for growth in the beginning. If you have a bunch of lazy people who probably shouldn't be there anyway, but if you're not a good manager and you don't know how to get them to be not lazy, it's a good trick to get them more productive. And so you can really ramp up. And that's how, like I said, these, these, uh, you know, you get these quick wins. And that's that was a quick win for us. And so that was a quick win then hard to unravel super hard and i've helped so many people unravel that bonus now over the years it's unbelievable right um all right so don't do that one the next one is commonly called the bam bonus and i hope that's not trademarked i've heard it so much my whole life if it's trademarked and you've got the trademark i apologize i don't i don't know that it is i've heard it called all kind of things for the bam but let's just let's just let it be known that that is the bare amount of money that you can uh that you need to have a practice that functions and everybody gets paid a normal amount okay kind of like the other bonus you kind of set a baseline in the bam bonus you then 
to what you're trying to do is you're trying to ensure that your staff pay never goes over 20%. Okay, so you set this number at 20%, and that's great. And that's something you, you absolutely sh should shoot for which, if you can. Uh, so this keeps it at that. That's a wonderful part of this bonus. What you do is all the money you make over this baseline you've set now goes into this what they call a bonus pool, right? And so you take the bonus pool money and at the end of each month or whatever period you choose, could be a quarter, could be a couple of months, whatever you want to do. You take that money and you divide it equally because the concept is a team is a, a they're equal parts. Everyone's pulling equally. We want people to pull equally. We want everybody to be happy, healthy team members. You divide this pie equally and everyone gets an equal share. It sounds great. Keeps your overhead at 20% for the staff payroll. Everybody's equal, happy, happy, happy. Let's hold hands, sing kumbaya. That part sounds great. What's the problem with that bonus? Okay, I've seen this happen in multiple offices. One of my best friends had it happen to him. His practice took off too. It really incentivized him. People were getting bonus checks after a couple of years larger each month than their actual checks, okay? That, again, is a problem. No matter how much he told them not to think that that was actual salaried money, that it's only bonus money and it could not last forever, what do people do? People are people. They could not help themselves. They started counting that as pay money. People were pulling up in his staff parking lot in extra long Yukons and Expeditions, uh, Lincoln Navigators, convertibles. There's there, you know, everybody in his team has $300 purses. Everybody was spending that bonus money like it was actual paid money, payroll money. And when things hit a downturn, morale got really tough because people, they were, you know, their payments were behind. People started coming to him, telling him they didn't think the bonus was fair anymore, and they want him to raise their base pay up to what their bonus plus their base pay was just a couple of months earlier when they were making the practice was making twice as much money. The doctor, no, much, how, no matter how much he tries to explain to them, hey, the practice is not making as much. I can't do that. Do you not remember when I told you that that was, not, that was not real money? That was bonus money, and I told you, please set it aside and save it. It's just a bonus. Don't you remember that? And they all told him to a person, well, we know you told us that, but we, you know, we're making that for so long, it just became part of our life, you know? And, and what do you do as the doctor? Some of them were good people. They just got overextended because they were not disciplined. Listen, they're not doctors. They're staff people, okay? If they could grasp these concepts as easily and well as we can, they probably would be doctors too. They're not, okay? We have to help them. We cannot put them in situations to fail like that. As much as in America people want to make out that everyone's equal, sometimes we as the doctors have to make hard decisions that we know are going to be best for everyone because in the end it's best for us too right it's best for us too another problem with that bam bonus that is a problem is if you have a bunch of people and they're making a very good bonus check every month they're going to be very reluctant 
for you to add employees. Now, on the other bonus we just talked about, the hourly pay incentive bonus, they don't care if you they could add 100 people. They just don't want their hourly to go down from 20 to 10, right? They just don't want that. Other than that, uh, they, they say, yeah, hire them all. Hire all you want to. On this BAM bonus, since everybody's getting an equal amount, no, they don't want anyone else. They, they really hope that you don't have anybody else in mind that you ever want to hire, and they'll tell you, hey, look, Doc, don't hire them. We can handle it. That's the thing that the BAM bonus people always tell you, and I hear this from office to office to office. They say, hey, Doc, look, I know you're looking for somebody else. Let me tell you, we'll step it up. We'll share the load. We can do it. We're great. We can do this. Please don't hire anyone else. That's their way of telling you they don't want to split that pie with anybody, right? They don't want to split it. Okay, if they don't want to split it, that's a problem because you are always going to need more people if you're growing because I don't care how great they are. They can't see two people at one time. They can't do it. Okay, so that's my rant on that bonus system. Uh, let's go through a few other things really quickly. There are other things out there like you know, daily goal drawings. I love this myself. We set a daily goal of production if we hit it, and it's pretty high. Everyone draws out of a box. Some people get gifts. Some people get money. It, you know, some people just get simple things like candy bars. You know, that's it's, it's just fun. That even gets stale. You know, I see, I see, and in my practice, before I got this new staff that I'm training up, you know, it got stale with those people that were earning all that money. They could care less about drawing out 25 bucks. They could care less about drawing out a candy bar. They could care less about drawing drawing out a new pair of scrubs, you know, because they were getting too much money. They were too well paid. They could care less. Uh, this is something that you can use, though, if you don't have that situation. It can be just a fun little daily thing. You hit a goal, you draw out of a box. Uh, you can have team metrics. You, you can have yearly practice goals if you hit it you go somewhere we talked about that in the team adventures you can have quarterly goals this big in the rockefeller habits having a quarterly objective we like this one everyone on the team kind of pulls toward a common goal at the end of the quarter if you if you do well you get what you know you get a chance to uh to get some sort of a reward for that individual metrics sounds good I've always said if you could attach a statistic to a person and monitor that carefully and give that person the coaching they needed, that would be the ideal bonus system. What's the problem with that bonus system? The problem is there's just so much time in the day. And truthfully, individual metrics are tough in healthcare because treating patients is inherently very emotionally taxing. And to ask someone to do a lot of paperwork and to measure things like, I don't know, phone calls going out, same-day dentistry collected, things like that, it sounds good. And it might work for a little while, but eventually the bureaucracy of the bookkeeping involved with individual metrics, unless you can you know, do like uh, Michael Keaton did in that movie and multiply yourself and you do it and don't ask anyone else to do it, unless you can do that, it's going to be tough, and I would recommend maybe you do individual metrics with people when they're starting out or in two-week bursts if you need a little boost in something, but eternal, perpetual individual metrics, that's not going to be a winner for you over time. Okay, so that's that's really, that's most of the types of monetary pay-for-performance bonuses that there are out there. Um, so uh, after we come back from 
a quick break. We're going to talk about very quickly Kaizen culture and how that can tie in to a dental practice, okay? So let me just let me take a quick breather and I'll be right back. This is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire. And if you're ready to ignite your productivity, explode your growth, and burn down the barriers to your dream life, the Dr. Chris Griffin Show is where you need to be. Okay, and like I said, uh, thanks uh, thanks again, John. And, and John is going to be actually coming up on a future episode. And the reason you need to pay attention to John Lee Dumas, folks, that guy is a genius. He's had the number one podcast in business in iTunes for I don't know how long, and he really helped me as I was learning how to do podcasting because I felt like that this show would be a great way for me to reach out and and help people. I was, what I really want to do is just help people, and he's th- you know he's been so gracious, and I really appreciate him coming on the show with me soon. Um, but anyway, Kaizen culture is what I promised you. Now today's productivity segment is how can we create a Kaizen culture in our dental practices. And I've done lectures on Kaizen and lean management, but really and truly, the way what Kaizen really means for a dental practice, it really means you're trying to always have continuous improvement. And, you know, everybody says that. It's tough, the day-to-day grind. I know we get behind. We just It's just so tough to have actual continuous improvement. But the truth is, If we want to make our practice a better place, in turn, make our local environment a better place, and ultimately, if we could just make practice better for patients, eventually it's going to make the world a better place. I know that sounds a little pie-in-the-sky, cheesy or whatever, but I've got to believe as we move forward, we've got to find a way to make the world a better place for our patients because if we don't, just look at what's happened to medicine the last eight years. It is ridiculous how crazy it's gotten the bureaucracy levels and the fear of litigation and everything else. Doctors, record num- record numbers of burnout and stuff like that. we got to make it better for the patients. That starts with making it better for the doctors. The doctors can only succeed if they have staff people that are happy, healthy, making good livings, the local community that you know i think we, it all goes back to if we can make the local communities better in medicine i think it's gonna you know that is where the revolution really starts we got that blog post about the revolution that's where the revolution starts is making everyone's life better around us especially starting on a local level if we can do that it will eventually grow guys it's got to go the other direction it's gotten so bad in one direction it's got to go back the other direction hopefully you learned something today if nothing else you learned what not to do in your practice to de-incentivize staff members because if you do those things and de-incentivize them eventually you will pay the price and let me tell you before the fire i was paying the price big time i'd been thinking for a couple of years i've got to change this but I'm so scared to change it because I thought that everyone would just walk out and leave my practice. The fire gave me an excuse to start over from ground zero. You don't have to have that. There are ways to use your brain, and I've helped doctors walk these bonuses backwards if they've already created them. Until And then, you know what? After a couple of weeks or maybe even a couple of months of you just, you know, un, a little bit of tension in the office, most of the time the real bad ones you really need rid of anyway they'll just leave 
Everyone else is a lot happier. And you know what? You really want to get back to finding those people who want to do the right thing, like we said in the opening quote, because that's the people that are going to make your experience better, which makes the local patient's experience better, which makes the world a better place. Okay? So that's it. Thank you so much. I'm sorry I ran over today. I know it's a little long, but if this is a topic I'm super, you know, I'm so in tune with because I know the power it's had for my practice. I know the pain it's had for my practice, and I just want to help you to not experience the pain and hopefully to do as well as you possibly can. Okay, everybody, I'm going to let you go. We will see you next week. Thanks so much for your attention. Bye, everybody. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Dr. Chris Griffin Show. Be sure to visit drchrisgriffin.com for the latest resources and updates to keep you more productive every single day you're at the practice. So when you're not working, you can do the things that matter most in life. We look forward to having you join us for another episode of the Chris Griffin Show, where the doctor is always in. Oh,